0: Well, welcome back to our Dewhawk Dozen podcast. It's 2023. Um, We have a great year behind us uh, from stories in the Midwest to Vietnam, Africa, Georgia, the South, like everywhere around the country and around the world. We had
1: countless stories from our 12 great Dewhawks last year, and we're excited to get things started this year. Uh, We've changed it up a little bit. Well, each week, not only will we have our guests, our Duhawk Dozen, but we'll have a member of our Young Alumni Advisory Board joining us as well to interview them. I'm not sure if any of you are familiar with like the Actors on Actors setup, where you have either an actor interviewing an actor or director interviewing a director, Um, but we took some feedback and we thought, who better to interview our young alumni than other young alumni? So today we have Molly Devine and Father Warren with us, and we're really excited. To get our first DoHawk Dozen started for 2023.
0: As Neil mentioned, we are very excited to kick off our second year of the DoHawk Dozen with our first guest, 2014 graduate Father Warren. Father Warren, your nomination uh, nominator believed. You're truly an ethical decision maker, and Young Alumni Advisory Board agrees. Uh, Because of what you've done during your time at Laura's and beyond, in your role as Marian Central Catholic, uh, as the spiritual director, you engage with students and faculty, helping create a community where students are encouraged to grow religiously, spiritually, and ethically. Coming firsthand from members of that community, you are loved by the entire Marian Central Catholic community, and are known for hopping in with the sports teams at practices, engaging with various clubs and the student body. There's even photos of you in knee pads playing volleyball with the varsity women's volleyball team. So, you know, last I saw you, you were a a young media studies major at Laura's college. So um, what brought you uh, into your role as father Warren?
1: That's a pretty big question. And I love it. Uh, (laughs) It was uh, quite a, quite an adventure. I would say one of the biggest reasons why the whole word father shows up in front of my name now as a really big part of really just the people over at Laura's college. Um, getting to work with so many different friends in all these different fields, uh, I very quickly realized that, you know, I had friends who were thinking about the future and what they were going to do, where they were going to go. And as I started taking those questions seriously and chatting with friends who were doing the same, I started realizing uh, that my own heart was kind of getting pulled a certain way um, and that maybe the way I was supposed to love others was as a priest. Uh, So I followed a couple of knuckleheads from Lawrence College. Uh, There's a bunch of seminarians there at the campus who, followed me over to Mundelein Seminary. Oh. They were a little more advanced than I was because they were already in seminary, but followed them and started thinking about this whole priest thing and how to live life. And sure enough, it just worked. It was a very happy experience. And now I'm lucky enough to be at a high school, like you mentioned, and work with students. And it's, it's a really good place. I'm enjoying it a lot. The students here are excellent. and Just a lot of fun to work with.
0: It's awesome. Would you say there are any, you know, one um, friend, um, peer, teacher that really um, helped influence you or kind of point you in that direction?
1: For sure. Uh, that's, yeah. Yeah. One, one was the hard word there because uh, I really do miss so many of our media studies friends. Uh, that's what I was at Laura's for television production. Uh, so many of those teachers, instructors, um, Jill Specht and Craig Schaefer definitely were very supportive of me and my time there and supportive of me when I left. I'd say though, uh, definitely my closest friends there, um, uh, played a huge role in just opening me up to that possibility. Um, and admittedly we're all kind of bad at receiving compliments, right? I don't know if that's just unique to me, but, uh, I don't always admit when something is like good or I'm good at something. Um, So the fact that students think that I'm really good at sports here is laughable because I just joined basketball last night and I'm still sore. So if you hear anything cracking, it's uh, my body trying to figure out why in the heck I played basketball. Um, But I had friends who were pointing out these things about the things they noticed, uh, habits that I had, uh, skills or dispositions. And a couple of them even just mentioned like, yeah, I could see being a priest. Um, Some of my closest friends there who I still keep in very regular contact with uh, Teresa Gray, uh, Teresa Mannion, Lucas Evett. Uh, those were all direct classmates of mine. Uh, we still regularly chat with each other, see how each other's doing, uh, seeing how life is going together. Um, we definitely all very fondly remember our time together at college.
0: Uh, so to to kind of relate to that in, in terms of media studies, you know, 10 years ago, before you were, were Father Warren, you reported for LCTV, um, now do media. Uh, you had an award-winning report on adventure therapy. Um, There was an eye-opening look into a new kind of therapy um, for a wide variety of individuals. Do you still dive into the realm of media in any capacity with your current role? Um, Are you enjoying life off screen?
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Uh, Well, it's nice to be getting to use some of the tools again, even for this, but uh, yeah, with LCTV or do media as it is now, that was a really big formative part of my life. Uh, Again, I'm actually a fairly quiet person. Uh, I think a lot of the school students and faculty here uh, think I'm like just crazy out there and outgoing all the time, but I'm pretty quiet. I'm pretty reserved. And it was nice to be at Loris and have, again, Craig, Jill, um, so many of you know my other friends were part of it. Molly, we worked together a little bit as well. Um, to be able to work with other people uh, helped me develop some of those skills that got me out of myself a little more. Um, what I noticed was that Taking these classes about communications or public relations, um, even some of the more just writing style, I learned how to start seeing the world around me in a different way. I learned how to see how to better tell stories. And again, as the person who prefers not to be the center of the room, uh, those skills of being able to even interview with others, uh, being a reporter or doing the uh, the new, sh- new show that we do every week, uh, those brought out a side of me that I wasn't maybe confident with, but Because I was doing that all the time, and we had such a great team, uh, those skills started to blossom, and it started to become natural to me. I found that for myself, getting to do those reporting uh, stories helped me learn to how to speak with people and walk with them in their story. For example, the one you brought up, uh, the the award winning, I guess, uh, adventure therapy uh, piece that I did, again. When I was in college, I didn't think I was very excellent at any of the things I did, but I had, again, instructors and friends were like, no, you should submit that piece. That worked really well. Um, It was a story about, you know, these people who would go to kind of a therapy out there in nature with uh, working with horses and being out there in nature and kind of letting that help them process some stuff that they had gone through. And it was great to go out there and and to see uh, the sights and the sounds. Uh, I'll admit it was kind of a layup of a piece. I got out there and you've got horses neighing and galloping everywhere. You've got all these people smiling as they just enjoy time together and working outdoors. And then, I mean, even at the end, I was packing up all my stuff and I saw some people kind of scooting down the road, uh, up down the gravel road as the sun was setting in the background and, you know, riding their little horses. And so I'm like, oh shoot, this is like the shot. So I scrambled to grab all my camera stuff out of the bag and catch the shot of people, you know, riding off into the sunset on their horses. Uh, Again, easy piece. Um, when I came back, I'm like, yeah, that was, that was fun. That was good. But it was so nice to be part of a community that said, no, you did, you did a good job with this. Uh, why don't you look at, you know, maybe getting uh, some recognition for it. And again, that's not my first instinct. Uh, and I'm grateful they did because that showed me I had something to contribute, uh, that I could tell stories. And more importantly, um, that I could tell the stories of others and learn how to listen to them better. Uh, and to be part of that story, to walk with them, uh, as I got to interview some of those ports people there that day. So I'm grateful for that lesson. That's something from LCTV. That's really had a lasting impact on me. Um, getting to walk with others, to listen to them, to learn how to ask good questions. Uh, again, those, I'm not sure I would have, uh, not sure I would have grown in that same way anywhere else.
0: Absolutely. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's clear that that storytelling element and that storytelling piece um, was clearly impactful and and supported kind of your role um, moving into the priesthood. Um, In your first homily as a priest at St. Rita's Catholic Church, uh, you talked about your first experience of reposing the Eucharist during adoration on campus. Uh, What started as a funny anecdote ended with an incredibly powerful message. Even though there are times we may make mistakes, there's still the opportunity to feel loved. Have you brought that same mentality to your current role at Marion Central Catholic High School?
1: Yeah, uh, I got to start off this one just by saying I'm I'm really impressed with uh, whoever was doing all this research. I assume it was the team here gathered, but uh, someone deep diving into my first homily as a priest. Well done. I'm, I'm impressed. I don't know how you guys find that stuff. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll say uh, that. That story, that moment, that happened at college. Uh, I had in, been invited to be part of uh, FOCUS, the Fellowship of Catholic University students. This was just a group of students trying to pursue their faith together, live their lives, and uh, learn how to grow in a relationship with Jesus. Uh, one of the things they did was they invited me, hey, why don't you do uh, adoration? Uh, for Catholics, we believe that you know the Eucharist is really Jesus. And so uh, we have certain ways that we pray with the Eucharist. One of those is just having the Eucharist out for people to see and to look at. So for some reason, they picked me an amateur to go out there and uh, bring Jesus out so people could pray. Uh, and I, luckily for me, thank God, no one was in the chapel at this time, but uh, I went up there. And I was super nervous because I didn't know what I was doing. And I pick up this monstrance, this kind of display case for the Eucharist. And I didn't know how it worked. I was like fumbling with it. And I knew Jesus was in there. I was just trying to get to him. And sure enough, the, some latch pops open that I didn't even know was there. Jesus falls out on the table and I'm mortified. I'm like, I'm, I'm the worst person ever. I dropped Jesus. This is a, this is a huge problem. Thank God nobody's here that I did this. And then immediately after that, I just started laughing at myself. I realized, well, yeah, Jesus is probably getting a good chuckle out of this as well. Um, I realized that from spending time with all these friends, these teachers at theology department too, at Loris, uh, if I hadn't been formed in the way I had faith wise, I would have thought I was going to hell for sure for dropping Jesus. Uh, luckily I had so many good people who showed me, yes, (laughs) we make mistakes in life. Um, (laughs) God still loves us and we're still lovable. Uh, at Marion central Catholic over in Woodstock, where I'm at uh, home of groundhog day with Bill Murray. I'm working with these students all the time. Right. And especially for high school, uh, things are different, but not that much different from when we were in high school. Uh, there's still kind of this hypercriticalness of themselves. Uh, they really beat themselves up when they fail. Uh, and so I see that. And again, because of my little mishap at adoration, I can confidently tell these students like, hey, yeah, you messed up. Or, yeah, you failed the test, or You didn't win the game, whatever it was. But you still deserve to be loved. You still deserve happiness in your life. Uh, and it's really great to get to work with these students uh, in a more personal way. Uh, getting to chat with them and see what they care about, what they're passionate about. Um, But especially uh, a big part of my job as spiritual director is, first and foremost, to ensure that we're a Catholic school. Um, But one of our fundamental beliefs as Catholics is that you know we are loved by God, that God is actually pursuing us, that we don't have to pursue Him. Um, And so to help these students recognize, like, yep, I'm lovable, I make mistakes, and I still deserve to be loved, Um, and to help destroy that lie that they're not lovable. Uh, that's one of my favorite things to do here at the school is to uplift the kids in that way.
0: I think um, what's really amazing about that is when you're in that high school environment, you know, you're working with these, these people that are really in a formative time and in a vulnerable time. And sometimes I don't think they're told that enough, um, you know, that they are loved. And so I think that's such an important message, you know, to bring home to them and, and to really bring to people in need. Um, And I know through that wonderful research, uh, we saw an interview with Mundelein Seminary um, where you reflected on your time there. You said that one of your favorite aspects about being a priest was going into hospitals because people are always ready to pray and you're able to bring Christ um, through others, uh, Christ to others through that. Um, As you've shifted into the classroom, how has your ability to bring Christ to individuals through prayer um, shifted with your new role? So now in that high school setting.
1: Yeah, uh, high school is definitely a big shift uh, from real life. Uh, you can ask any of the alumni, too. Uh, I had some students last year. Uh, this is only my second year at the high school. Uh, but even our graduates from last year are like, oh, yeah, uh, life is way different than Marion. I'm like, good, that's, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, it should, high school should be a, a phase, and then you go do other things. Um, but the same applies for a high school priest. Uh, I'm actually only a toddler priest. I've only been a priest for about, about three-ish years now. Uh, so i'm still not so good at walking and talking but i'm working on it (laughs) and part of that process is uh, experiencing all sorts of new things and learning how to adapt and uh, seeing all these different situations as a priest so i spent two years at a parish and now i've been about getting closer to two years now here at the high school and it's it's very different Um, i'm spending way more time on as a priest in high school i feel like uh, just because again the kids are here during the day Uh, i get to work with them in classes do a little bit of teaching but then after school, well, heck, that's when all the social life happens. That's when the sports happen, the bands happen, all the clubs and organizations. Uh, I get to join them for all of those and support them in that. Uh, And any parish priest will tell you, it's really hard to support everybody. Um, You know, there's only one priest and everybody wants father to be at their thing. Uh, And so I'm not perfect, but I'm trying my best to make the rounds make sure that each student in their own little areas of expertise feel like they're appreciated. Um, While I'm not responding to like crisis situations anymore, like hospital visits, uh, I've noticed that a lot of my work is a lot more personal now. So it's, you know, going into a hospital, you have these scary situations for sure, uh, and usually pretty dramatic, um, often very sad, And yet, I always found that everyone wanted to pray. Um, I'm not doing that so much anymore, thank God, in high school. Um, It's a very different thing. Yet, it's much more intentional in conversation. Even though I'm an introvert, praying with a room full of family is very easy to do in a hospital because everyone wants to pray. Everyone knows what I'm there for. We're all there together. It's very easy. In high school, there's so much going on and so much that's weighing on these students or things they're thinking about or about the future and am I ready? And so the conversations are, man, different every single day. Um, I find that those conversations, though, are so, so intentional. These kids have so many things they're passionate about or have questions about. How do they fit into the world? Uh, Those who are exploring their faith, how do they do that? And that's a fun place to be. Um, I find myself actually starting to live A little bit more like my friends did in college who inspired me. I considered a lot of my friends in college to be much more knowledgeable than me in all the fields, media studies, above and beyond, Uh, you know, Paul Dieter, uh, Shea Wild, and Eric Osborne. I did big video projects with, and each of them were far more proficient than I was. Um, And same came when it came to faith. Uh, My friends I mentioned even earlier, they were the ones showing me kind of the way. Um, I find now at the high school, because of those lessons I learned from other friends. I'm kind of the one just sharing that love of Christ with others, um, but also just being myself. Uh, Kids don't expect me to put on a show for them. They don't want some sort of like fake idea of whatever a priest is supposed to be. Uh, They just enjoy it when I show up. And that's very humbling to get to be there, to be with them, to talk with them in just (laughs) normal words about what they care about, uh, what they wanna talk about. and again, you can tell very easily that what they want at the end of the day uh, is to know that they're loved, that they're appreciated, that they're respected, um, and that they have some sort of purpose in their future that they can look forward to. Uh, so those conversations I find are a lot of fun.
0: That's really great to hear about how you're bringing that, that you know presence without kind of shoving it down people's throats sometimes um but just kind of being there and and representing you know um what is it, like st francis says um preach the gospel when necessary, use words. And that's really that, that element of just being there, that presence, that active presence. Um, but I wanna thank you again, Father Warren, for being on the show with us today. And for our listeners, don't forget to mark your calendars for the 12th of every month, where we'll be introducing the newest member of our Duhawk Dozen. You can visit alumni.loris.edu slash Duhawk Dozen to learn more um, or to nominate a Hawk. So if you got a favorite Duhawk, bring them on in, nominate them, make them feel special. Um, but uh, thank you guys for being here today.
1: Thank you for all those who are part of this. Thank you to the Young Alumni Advisory Board for sponsoring this podcast and Robert Water for producing.